Welcome to season two of the Summit Podcast with your co-hosts, Andrew March and Jeremy Terman. We invite successful people, including business executives, pro athletes, investors, and entrepreneurs to discuss how they define success and what keeps them driving each and every day. All we ask is that you rate and review the show if you found any value in the episode you're about to listen to. Once again, thanks for taking a listen and on with the show. Today's episode, we want to thank our sponsor, Fitzby, an athleisure company designed to re-inspire and facilitate your on-the-go lifestyle. Check out Fitzby at fitspi.com. That's fitspi.com and use code THESUMMIT30 for 30% off. Welcome to the Summit Podcast. We're really excited to have Nikki Demery with us today. Um, Nikki is a B2B SaaS and e-commerce consultant, uh, entrepreneur by trade, and currently the CMO of Review App. So really excited to have Nikki on the show. Um, Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And it's quite an honor. Well, we'll kick it off with how do you define success? Success is for me, whether I have a positive impact on other people's lives. And if I intentionally or unintentionally don't have a positive impact, maybe I hurt someone, then I hold myself accountable for that and work through that and work through forgiveness and um, moving forward from there. Very nice. Um, Now, in terms of that definition of success, you know, a lot of people have different definitions and different backgrounds. You know, how did you, you know, think about and how did that definition of success ultimately, you know, how is it shaped and how did it take form over time? For a long time, I felt like success was academia and my degree and my career. And over time, I just kind of realized that those points of views that I had were largely shaped by the capitalist society that I live in. And that at the end of the day, what's really important is other people and community and whether or not everyone is taken care of and has everything that they need and not so much whether I got a degree or got a raise or whatever it is that I might look at as an accomplishment for my life. And that's not to take away from anybody who views and values those accomplishments because they definitely are accomplishments and they're totally valid um just it's just from my perspective how I've I've started to view productivity over time and not really trying to tie productivity in a capitalist system with self-worth and value Nikki, that's a great point. I mean, I think a lot of people associate success of if I'm an executive of a company or if I make this much money, that means I'm successful. And really like that doesn't have to be true. You you can find it more of your own thought process and maybe you could make a ton of money, but you don't think you're successful or the flip side of that, you could just be, you know, living um, and making no money, but still view yourself as successful based on the impact that you do or your day-to-day actions 
you know, it, you know, looking at your, uh, going to education, you know, you went to the University of South Florida, you know, the BA in industrial organizational psychology. So did this mindset of having a positive impact on others, and that is the success that you measure yourself against, did that happen while at the university or was that after um, the degree and maybe some different jobs that then caused you to change that opinion? That was as a result of communities in which I am involved and you know I've always valued other people and communities a lot and grew up with my parents volunteering a lot and helping take care of other community members so I feel like that was instilled in me early on but over time I I've always explored different kinds of communities and tried to get as many different perspectives as I can and to always work on my moral compass to try to ensure that, you know, it's taking me in the, the best best path forward in terms of how I affect other people. And I definitely didn't pick that up at university. It was more um, being around other people and listening to their life stories and being able to relate to things on a, a really deep level, having gone through a lot in my life as well, even if it might not have been the same exact situations. I want to talk about the communities a little bit more and how that shaped your your uh, focus on different types of, you know, work roles and careers, you know, before we started the episode, we had a little bit of a conversation around, you know, working in different roles, different capacities, but the core theme had been, you know, community. And now you're working as the CMO and you are working with a company in a more long-term capacity. Could you just share how, you know, your view of people and community influenced your decision to step into a role into a role that's more long-term in nature? Yeah, it's very unlike me to join a company full-time. And, you know, I have worked full-time here and there at different communities like Product Hunt and Zest and Inbound.org, which is HubSpot's previous community, among others. And I've ran my own in-person communities for different causes and different groups. And with Review, I joined it this year. The founder, Claude Yu, reached out to me and I just really connected with him in a kind of way that I never come across with founders outside of my other business partners. And also his way of thinking and the way that he views working where it isn't this rigid quote unquote nine to five schedule, but more so do what you can when you can and, and um, having like a more relaxed, casual environment, but still getting a lot done. And his product was incredible. And I just, I really related to him and his team and the very authentic and genuine aspect of how they work and, and not so much 
um, organizing around trying to take advantage of employees as much as possible, but making sure that everybody's happy and all having fun um, while getting things done. Yeah, I mean, I think in the quote unquote startup world itself, I mean, it, the, the companies that are thriving the most are where there is that positive culture where if you need to take time of leave to go on a sabbatical, go do a sabbatical. If you want to work the 6 a.m. to midnight every day on repeat, like maybe that's what makes you thrive. But creating an environment where people feel comfortable to be their authentic self allows for like the best productivity and the best um, outcomes because you're letting people work. I mean, talk about like working remotely. It's like, you know, for some, maybe they wish to be in the office, but now being remote does give, you know, employees another ability to, to work in a different environment. It seems, Nikki, that like a lot of the companies, you know, are either softwares that allow you to uh, be, uh, be more productive or, you know, looking at tag where you're collaborating across multiple platforms to find ways to meet. Is there this theme of like enhancing, and we've used productivity a lot here, but like enhancing development of communities or kind of help us walk through, you know, you do have multiple ventures, like what draws you to them? So much of it has to do with the philosophy of the people there. And when it comes to other kinds of places that I've collaborated, such as MasterDocs and Distribute Aid and Project Arcadia, it's not only the people, but also the outcomes of that community outreach and really helping take care of each other. Whereas tag and review are software platforms and they help with businesses, you know, they're B2B. Um, and I do enjoy both, but you don't really make a living from a mutual aid org <laughs> versus um, a B2B SaaS company. So having both is a good balance. Amazing. Um, you know, one of the, the other topics that we had talked about before beginning the recording was just the, the shift from moving from California to Seattle. And, you know, going through this process of, you know, living uh, in living in a van, doing a little bit of van life exploration and how there are a lot of things that kind of go off the rails on a day to day basis. Things take longer than you would expect. You're constantly troubleshooting. Um, could you just take us through that path where, you know, what was the motivation to, to go from California to Seattle, Washington? And how did that experience actually um you know, shape your view of, of the work that you're now doing? So I, when you live in an RV, there's a lot of situations that arise that require patience. And fortunately, I'm in a time in my life where I feel very patient about everything. Whereas in my early 20s, not so much. Uh, but I think as you get older, you kind of realize you have more time than you thought and you're kind of more okay with things taking longer than you thought they would. And I was living in Colorado and I was going to start communities there. And then the 
pandemic hit. So I kind of was just living there. I had just moved there from Florida and I have college friends and communities out here in Seattle. So I decided to move from Colorado to Seattle, but on the way I got together with family and spent time in California and Oregon and so on, just exploring nature and being connected with that again, because I used to go hiking a lot and spent a lot of time outside before COVID. Um, I'm not sure entirely how that all would relate to my position at Review, Um, but it kind of was hard sometimes to work remotely (laughs) for Review when there wasn't stable internet all the time. Um, My internet or my phone would go out and so sometimes I would have to go stay in a cabin or a hotel or something for live events that we were doing or phone calls uh, slash Zoom (laughs) uh, to make sure that I could be present for those. Yeah, I mean, I also think that like part of, you know, going through that journey is kind of just like testing like your prioritization of like what matters and being able to be more patient allows you to like be more pensive and think like you don't have to force anything because you're allowing yourself the time to like actually think. And I think so much of the time it's like, go, 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 go. And if you don't take the time to like be uh, reflective and, and give yourself the ability like to be patient, you know, you, you learn more about yourself. So, I mean, we, we talk about community manager a lot and a lot of the different organizations that you've been a part of in, in our today, you manage those communities. Like, what does that look like uh, if I'm pursuing a community manager type role or being, uh, you know, active within multiple communities, what does that actually look like? So it really depends on the community and who is involved in the community because some communities are going to need to be more of a safe safe space than others. Not that they don't all need to be safe, but with some communities like an LGBTQ space, for example, there's a lot more emphasis on ensuring that everyone is taken care of in different ways than if you had a completely different kind of space. Um, And so day to day, what that might look like is interacting with a lot of community members and keeping the conversation going and coming up with really creative ways to engage with each other. Like when I used to run an LGBTQ community in Tampa, Florida, I would host talent shows and the, and you could, you could attend for free, but there was also donation for organizations like Hack the Hood. So, um, not only was that a great way to give back to a community organization, but also you get to see your friends and what they're talented at. And they, they also get to share their talents with the world. So multiple ways of everyone kind of benefiting in a very mutual way. And 
Um, really, it's just about being authentic and genuine and ensuring everybody's safe. I mean, that sounds like a pretty impactful set of experiences to have being able to meet so many different people. I think, you know, one of the ways you can learn the best is just through, you know, many people's shared and collective experiences, shared or unique experiences, really, because everybody does have a different experience personally and professionally going through life. Um, you know, and on that, on that note, you know, as you've had all of these different experiences, you know, creating or managing and cultivating these different communities, you know, how has that set of experiences shaped your, you know, your work life, your work life around, has it made you more focused on community or has it been a set of experiences that have given you a view and a vantage point to where you want to take that experience to, you know, something else in the future? Um, you know, as right now you're the CMO, um, you know, thinking about ways of enhancing the product, do you see yourself staying very focused on the community part or has it just been a, a very solid set of experiences that have given you some new perspectives on, on where to go next? Well, the way that I approach any role at any company anymore is through community-led growth and we recently launched our first integration for review, which was with Shopify. And as part of that pre-launch initiative leading up to launch week, we interacted a lot with other makers through indie hackers and other communities where people are building in public and sharing their experiences and helping each other out. And those, a lot of those community members came and supported us for our product hunt launch and throughout launch week in general when we did live events such as Twitter spaces and Facebook Live and Q&A sessions on a, I forget exactly what it's called, peer something, but um, you can host live events on there. And um it was incredible to not only support those other makers during their um, build in public experiences, but also receive support back, especially for, for our launch. So that's just one example of how community-led growth really helped us have a successful launch because we were third for the day on Product Hunt and made it into their newsletter, which is what everyone aims to do with um, a product hunt launch, even though it's not the only thing you want to do for launch, of course, you want to have a lot of initiatives, but it's pretty cool to have that accomplishment. Yeah, I think it's so uh, Andrew and I both connected at a uh, startup called Pocket Points. It was a mobile app that rewarded college and high school students for staying off their phones and we gamified it. So they earned points for staying off their phone. Mm -hmm. We created a marketplace to, you know, let businesses interact with them. And what I found that I, I first started as like a campus ambassador and I launched this, the University of Missouri. And what I found that helped me be so successful and what made Missouri 
the best school is that I had a team of like 20 people talking in front of classes, going to local businesses, asking them why they weren't on pocket points and basically created this like little camp of people. And I was like, look, just because I'm the quote unquote lead campus ambassador, that doesn't mean that like pocket points will only be successful because of me. I realized like it took a team of people to help out in all the different segments. So when you talk about like community led growth, um, how do you identify, and, and maybe it's just one simply opening it, uh, yourself up, but how do you really find all these different communities that will are aligned on your North Star or would care about your North Star? And then how do you group them together to really get that like community-led effect? Well, it depends on what you're doing at the time. So for review, our ideal customers are e-commerce merchants. So it depends on where they spend their time. It's not so much about us, but them and getting into Facebook groups about e-commerce stores and about Shopify and getting on the Shopify forum and being helpful and genuinely bringing value to others in the community. Um, and in the case of collaborating with other makers, we knew that Shopify stores don't necessarily hang out on product hunt, but we, we knew that other makers and quote unquote indie hackers do. So for that particular channel, we focused on connecting with that group of people and also being helpful for them and not in a kind of like transactional way, but a really genuine way of, of we've created some long, la long lasting friendships and um, partnerships that are going to, we're gonna help each other for a long time. And um, so it, it's, it's really great to get to know all kinds of people along the way as well. That is fantastic. Um, and on, on that note, you know, I wanted to just explore a little bit more about, you know, your, your involvement with TAG as, you know, one of the core members, a founding member of the team. Um, you know, what was it that ultimately drove you to become, um, you know, a, a founder of this business where, you know, you have so many different opportunities, you're involved in so many different communities and have, and have been responsible for building them. You know, what was the appeal to, you know, being, you know, an entrepreneur in a sense where it's, you know, now taking ownership over this, this initiative and bringing something to market that can benefit a lot of people. Um, you know, and I saw that tag was essentially a, a scheduling platform and, you know, anybody who's, looked at a calendar can can understand the frustration with scheduling whether it's with friends family or work but yeah I would love to just understand your thought process around you know focusing on that um, challenge in the marketplace yeah so I've been an entrepreneur since I was probably 11 or 12 and I've helped create a lot of different projects and um, with tag i've been business partners with trevor hatfields for 10 15 years and it was his idea to create the platform to help with eliminating the back and forth when scheduling group meetings 
by having calendar overlays and also working with Aaron Crawl, who's another founder. And he, he's also very community oriented. He runs the SAS Growth Hacks group on Facebook and also SAS Visionaries. And both of these guys are fantastic. So again, who is involved in the company had a lot to do with why I wanted to get involved when I was invited to. And also that this problem is very frustrating, especially when you're in different time zones. Um, if, you, if you work with a lot of people around the world, you might have a group that's on WhatsApp and just going back and forth about when to have a meeting and having to clarify constantly which time zone you're in. Whereas if you just have tag, it eliminates all that problem, all of those problems. Um, you just share your calendar, like everybody shares their calendar, it gets overlaid and you can see which times everyone's available. So it just makes it so much easier <laughs> to do that. And, you know, it when you work online all the time, which I do, of course, um, it is quite a problem to have scheduling meetings. So I, I thought it was a great idea, of course, and the solution that Trevor came up with. So Nikki, that, that's awesome. I think that, you know, again, it's, it goes back to that theme of you find people that you really like to work with. You believe like in their core values and systems and what they want to do from an impact perspective. And then most of these people, it seems also have that same mindset of they're very community and people driven the, the opposite side of that is like, you are like single focus and only work on one thing, but get really good at one thing. So there's kind of the thought process of like, Hey, I could be the generalist and be really good at like all of these different things and like move them all forward, you know, a little bit, or be really good at one thing and move it really far. So, you know, obviously you want to find the blend of being able to do both, right? Like you want to do a lot of different things and be really good and push those very far. So talk about like your prioritization of like, how do you make sure when you're so community and people driven and want to make a positive impact, like that's going to lead you to find a lot of people. So then how do you find the right balance of time and make sure that like you're pushing each initiative forward as much as you can? It took a very long time for me to stop trying to do everything and to, to the fullest extent possible. And I used to co-run Interact, which, which is a SaaS marketing agency with Trevor. And I tried doing that there. And I, I figured out that I didn't really want to run an agency. So I went out on my own as a B2B SaaS consultant. And realized that life was a lot less stressful if I just picked a couple of things that I'm good at and really focused on those and offering consulting for those specific things rather than trying to do everything. Um, just because you're really good at a lot of things doesn't need, mean that you need to do all of them. And when there's something that someone else is better at too you can just partner with them on it or maybe they enjoy that task more or whatever it is um, building partnerships is a great way to address that and so eventually I just I picked parts of it that I love and that's what I really focused on so the, you mentioned one thing that was 
really stand out to me, which was you had known one of the partners in TAG for over 10 years. Um, there is a um, fairly well-known entrepreneur in Silicon Valley, kind of a entrepreneur investor philosopher, if you will, named Naval Ravikant. And he has a mm -hmm. lot of really great wisdom. And one of the things that he talks about is playing long-term games with long-term people. Mm -hmm. You know, so once you develop these relationships with people, you know, kind of finding your tribe, if you will, where it's like, you're all mutually aligned around like long-term um, collaboration. You know, what, what was it like to go into business with somebody you've known and have worked with for 10 years and how, and how important was that for you to have that long-term relationship um, cause you know, in communities, you have the benefit of meeting people very quickly and meeting a very broad group of people very quickly, but what was it about, you know, knowing somebody for a very long period of time that was appealing to you? Well, at this point, Trevor's actually kind of like a brother to me and I trust him completely and, you know, with financial information, with decision-making, with all kinds of aspects of running a business, because I've been in business several times with him now, and we've also had clients together, and I've witnessed how he advises them as well, and how much he deeply cares. Uh, he's not in it just to make money, but also genuinely help others, so that's made an impact on my perception of him, and his trustworthiness and authenticity and just being somebody I genuinely enjoy working with. And all three of these guys, Claudio, Aaron, and Trevor, I'm very much myself with. We make each other laugh a lot. So we enjoy working together and our meetings are fun. You know, we're not like having meetings where it's like, oh gosh, I can't wait to, to get out of here. Like, um, we're, we're discussing serious topics, of course, but still making each other laugh and able to joke and, and be silly at the same time, which is great. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to have trust. I mean, especially if going into business with friends and especially friends that you develop such a strong relationship with that you have that trust. It's like, you have to be able to then, uh, you know, allow yourself to not like, mix personal with work, but at the same time, use those personal experiences to give you that professional lens of, because I know you so well, I can trust you with this business decision and not question it. But I'm also close enough with you that like, if I have a disagreement or I need to talk to you, I can be like honest in my true self. And like, we can discuss something that we may not agree on, uh, but really be, be able to like resolve that and move forward. So like thinking about moving forward and, you know, as we look to, you know, close up the podcast here, you know, as you think about the, the communities that you've led, built, are creating, will participate in the future, you know, walk us through like some of the things that like, you're thinking about uh, in the future that um, you're super passionate about. Well, I'm a very into abolition and anarchy and those are actually community-based, even though they're highly misunderstood, and I won't get into all of that, <laughs> but um, those are really core to my philosophies in life and how I view the world and want to move forward, and right now uh, I just moved out here to Seattle, and I'm looking for mutual aid groups to join 
to help with the unhoused situation here with people who are living on the streets and tents and uh, we just had a lot of sweeps come by which means that the state comes in and makes people remove all of their belongings and then those people don't really have anywhere to go um, and so it's a matter of, of trying to help them get stable housing and basic necessities you know food water and so on and that's really important to me um, I haven't had personal experiences with being in that situation, but it's just a matter of empathy. So um, that's something I want to get involved with here once I'm vaccinated and, you know, COVID, if possible, is a little more manageable out here. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's really remarkable. Um, you know, I think everybody needs, you know, a voice and a champion and a partner to, to kind of navigate things, especially complex things in life that are also very nuanced and, um, you know, very remarkable that you're doing that and that you were able to share that. So, you know, I just wanted to say on behalf of the show and, you know, myself and Jeremy, thank you for joining us. You know, we've really had a great time having you on the show and thank you again. Thanks so much again for inviting me and having uh, an incredible conversation in general. You guys are great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Summit Podcast. If you found any value in this episode, all that we ask is that you rate and review our show and share it with one person. That could be a friend. It could be a coworker. It could be a family member. Doesn't matter. Just one person. If you have any questions or feedback or want to give ideas for guests, please visit our website and drop us a line there. Our website is thesummitpodcasts.com. That's thesummitpodcasts.com. And you can also find us on social media under the handle The Summit Podcasts. <laughs>